What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's episode 61. I'm here in Vegas. We got Eric back in New York. Yeah, I am back in New York. (laughs) You barely made it back to New York. Barely made it back. it's it's been a it's it's been a week, but it sounds like you've lived an entire week in just one night. Yeah, I had one of the worst nights of my life last night. I will say, um, I was uh, driving back from my gig in Massachusetts. I had a couple gigs in Massachusetts, and uh, needed to get back to New York for a couple things. And I decided to drive similar to like I did the week prior or two weeks prior for. Um, from racing the hurricane Henri, Hurricane Henri, and that ended up not being so bad. So I was like, all right, driving through Hurricane Ida, that shouldn't be too bad. As I'm driving, New York puts out a state of emergency for, uh, you know, uh, flash flooding and all this other stuff. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we ended up, uh, I ended up being basically on a parking lot on a highway in Connecticut, like just parked. Between why though? Because of the flood warning? Yeah, well, there was flooding up ahead, uh, accidents left and right, and I literally sat in my car for about four or five hours, along with thousands of other people. Yeah, they all must have been stopped and bumper just... and bumper. People were getting out wow. of cars, trying to see what was happening. Wow. Uh, we'd move like after an hour or so, like a few yards ahead and then just park again and was this in the middle of the night it looked like this, this was, was the middle of the night the middle of the night it was literally a disaster man so it you was... got back home at 4 a.m 3 a.m 7 a.m 7 a.m i left massachusetts around 11 it was an wow. eight hour drive it's usually about a three hour drive wow and, uh it got to a point man oh, i was scary like i eventually when we i got close enough to take an exit i took it right and mm-hmm. at that point like the sun was out <laughs> and mm-hmm. and a lot of the waters receded um mm-hmm. but then it was like scary it was like literally driving through like the walking dead with all these abandoned cars that were in large pools of water that were now just abandoned on the streets in different configurations blocking roads driving around as if like the apocalypse happened it was madness it was literally madness and like police barriers that were up to prevent roads you know now that the waters were gone like people were just going through them it was it was mayhem it was literally I, mayhem i had a friend in the bronx work he was working in the bronx yesterday and he got a a warning on his phone for a tornado there was Did a tornado in jersey yeah it touched what? down yes it was pretty big. Uh, I mean, I didn't see it obviously near me because I was coming the other direction. But uh, it was it was a nightmare, man. It was How long bad. were you in the car? Eight hours. Solo. Solo. I think I already told the story, but I once got stuck in an Uber for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. I think we talked about you that. You had I mean, someone I, to talk to. I had two people to talk yeah. to. <laughs> <laughs> I had podcasts. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Talked to a couple yeah. friends. Uh yeah. It was mm-hmm. it was a night, man, for sure. I, I was trying to think too, like, 
Sometimes that's part of the road. This was really dumb. I'm going to say this out here. It was a dumb decision to drive. I should have stayed. It could have gotten hours. I mean, I what time did you leave Massachusetts? 11. Wow. So I could have crashed at my mother's place up at home. And I uh, also could have done the math on that, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I could have gotten a full night's sleep and just woke up early and drove through. Well, who knows? I don't know if the traffic's still backed up now. Right. I mean, yeah, I think you're just never going to drive again at this point. I got to drive back up to Massachusetts on Saturday. What's going on? You have a show there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I would have stayed. No question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I had to be back in the city. But uh, but it looked like you spent some time in Rhode Island during your time. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I mean, there was some positive. I mean, the trip, the beginning of the week was great. I had two two really fun shows. Um, you know, I was. Was the, one in Rhode Island? No. Uh, they were both in Massachusetts. You, Mass you just Lowell. went for me? No, we went for we had a family day. We you know, it's uh it was the anniversary of my dad's birthday, so we were oh, celebrating right. him. So we went down to Rhode Island to the cemetery and just right. had a, a family day where, you know, uh we you know, me and my brother and my mom, we uh just, you know, uh paid our respects and then we went to uh you're probably familiar with cellos by the waterfront. Oh yeah, yeah. cellos on the water, yeah. Yeah. And uh we had a nice meal there and then we Need to get Dells, the Rhode Island Staples. So we drove through your hometown. It was on the yeah, way home. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Thank you for the photo. That really brought me back. Yeah. Back it reminded Johnston. me that. Uh, what is that building that you sent me? It's like the town hall or something. Yeah, yeah. And there used to be like this digital clock outside of it. I think it's still there. I think it might even be in the photo you sent me, but it, like I couldn't read if it was like lit up or not. Mm-hmm. And it used to have a countdown on it. And I'm fairly sure it was a countdown of like days or years until the town was out of debt or something. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I could no be idea. misremembering this, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's what that clock was. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. But it's been have a, you had a lot God. of travel. It was been a lot of travel, and I was just trying to think of like, have I had a worse travel situation other than ever? Yeah. Mm. Well, there was the time I almost drove through a blizzard. I think. Right. I think these are just the things that people don't realize. There's like, everyone says you do the show for free, and it's getting to the shows. That's the, mm. <laughs> the part they pay you for. That's what that's what entertainers say. Yeah. Entertainers I, say it's like I do the show for free. I get paid to travel there. Yeah, you know? because sometimes That's kind of the joke the travel is a nightmare, and I know flights are terrible right now, and I'm going to be doing that coming up next week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just I don't know the the shows are great. I love being on the road and doing the shows. That part is normal. It's good mm-hmm. for my mental health to be doing things I feel confident in and doing yes. that part and bringing joy and. And fun to people. It's 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 the actual travel getting there that's not as fun. Uh, yes. When it goes smoothly, it's fine. I like listening to my podcast and everything like that. But yeah. Have you had the other Rhode Island staple pizza strips? Have we talked about this ever? No, but I like. You pizza. don't even know what a pizza strip is. No. Oh my god! I thought the other Rhode Island staples were like coffee milk and. Uh, yeah, that's one too. And wieners straight to your dome. P- P- pizza strips <laughs> is literally right up there. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I mean, it's right up there with Dells and. Uh, um, coffee, milk, and all that. I'm shocked right now because wow. I feel like they even bleed their way into Massachusetts in certain places. What are they like? You gotta go to a bakery. Breadsticks with like pizza on it? No, strips, not sticks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna change your life. All right. I need something uh, you, positive right now. So. Oh my God! Your whole family. <laughs> your whole family would have loved it. It's served cold. Oh, I don't know about that. Not already. like freezing. Okay. Not like freezing. Yeah. Like room temp. Yeah. And it's like 
bakery dough bread with just red sauce on it. Mm. It is unbelievable. You go to Deep Palmieri's or you go to, uh, there's a couple other famous spots in Rhode Island or Johnston or Cranston, Warwick, what, what have you. You gotta try the pizza strips. I can't believe you haven't even heard of this. I'm oh. shocked right now. Wow. You can't get them out here in Vegas. We yeah. don't have the same bread. You know, the water's different. Right, 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 you just right. can't even, yeah. and, and no one even knows what it is. Yeah. But well, it's absolutely delicious. That sounds like an opportunity, though, Matt. You could start your own pizza strips bakery in Vegas. And put hey, it, yeah, I'll have to ship the water out here. and Put it next to the Dells out in Vegas. You have your own little, little, they, they have like little Italy and like all these like, you know, Chinatown and New York and stuff. You need like a little Rhode Island. A little Rhode Island, yeah. <laughs> it's already little, so it's little, little Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> the smaller Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in Vegas, people are like, oh, what do you come to Vegas for? It's like, oh, have you checked out the little, little Rhode Island area? <laughs> right. Matt's Matt's basically the mayor. <laughs> yeah, right. Pauly D's the uh, secretary of state or whatever. Um, did you know that in L.A. there's a place I may have brought you there? I don't remember. Brooklyn Bagels Works that supposedly like ships the water from New York. I didn't hear that part. I think you took yes. me there, but I didn't. How, they ship the water like in jugs or what? I I don't know the. Is there a big oil tanker that's like, all right, I got to make the cross country trip in my with my New York water? I'll tell you I what. I have a clue. There's plenty of New York water they could have used last night that, that, off the streets, but it helped me get home faster. My guess is it's a myth, but honestly, everyone talks about it and like says it's a real thing. And I bet you if you go to the company's website, it, it probably is a thing. I don't know. To me, it just sounds like it smells like a myth. You know, it yeah. sounds like a yeah, but. Because that seems like a lot of work. I mean, that's what everyone says about the bagels and the pizza here in New York. It's the water. So right. maybe I'll just take a slice or a bagel with me and we can go to L.A. and compare. And really right. See. Oh, oh, they definitely yeah. got it down. So it's like either they're either shipping the water or, they're, or they figured something else out. Or like so. use the L.A. water. <laughs> 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 and just were like, yeah, this is straight from New York. <laughs> That's true. I might just be falling into it, drinking the Kool-Aid, if you will, drinking the L.A. water. Yeah. Uh, but man, uh, the shows went well. Uh, yeah, they were fun. Um, uh, I was in a gymnasium for one of them, which is always a uh, a challenge, right? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you you show up and you just do whatever you you can uh, sometimes. But uh, the crowd was really into it. It, it was funny. Um, I changed my opening. Uh, a little bit because of uh, it used to kind of gender people and now I'm trying to avoid that and everything like that. So I I, I like a I, I do a prediction of a person. You, you've seen this. And uh, and instead of, you know, going the person is male or the person is female, because I also just don't want to assume, uh, you know, right. that I wanted right, an, that's out. I wanted an obvious hit for my first punchline. So I've been saying, like, the person is a student of the school or so forth. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And the joke is. Uh, basically, see, it's a gift. I'm a mind reader because it's so obvious that it's like funny. So at the school, I happen to call someone up on stage and they read that line and they're not a student at the school. Uh, <laughs> they were like the one person <laughs> that right. was not a student. They were the... visiting a friend. They were, yeah. But. Or just came to the show. Like, it. I mean, I guess it like lowers the credibility of the mind reading a little bit, but it, be, because I didn't know that, but. But the point of that bit is 
a gag anyway. So I, oh, I le- think that makes it hilarious. I leaned into it. Yeah. I was basically like, so like, how did you get here? Like, who are you then? It's like, does anyone else know this is? Like, right. It's like, and I usually said, I go, usually that's a gimme. Like the fact that right. I got that wrong. You're right. Yeah. was just a 199 very... out of 200 people in the room are students. <laughs> and I got the one guy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. And they, and that's almost more impressive. At that point, <laughs> that's the effect itself. It's like, yeah, I would take that as a hit. <laughs> so I thought that was a funny way to start the show. And, uh, you know, I had to build a, I guess it dug a hole just a teeny bit because I wasn't expecting it, but I was able to climb out of that and it's t- still turn it into a fun moment for sure. Uh, but man, you know, do you remember your days of doing gym shows when all like the laughter is getting sucked up into the ceiling and it's all echoey and. Oh, that's oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the first question with a gymnasium show is, what is the setup going to be? Now, mm-hmm. you have a few options. None are ideal. Yeah, none are ideal. You can perform on the gym floor mm-hmm. because the stadium-style si- seating is generally built in if they want to use bleachers. Right, right. I've performed in gymnasiums the long way mm-hmm. where the, the, the bleachers are not being used and people are, like, sitting on the floor or there are chairs set yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this one was. It was a stage with a sound system and like like audience style seating on the floor. What was fun is there's also a track like above one of those like suspended tracks. So mm-hmm. I was like, can we just make sure no one's running the track during the show? <laughs> like, right. Coming right. behind me. <laughs> right. Um, oh, right. There's the track sometimes. Uh-huh. Then there, I've done I've done gymnasium shows where they use the bleachers and I was in the round where oh. I performed in the center, almost like a halftime show that you'd see at a basketball game or something. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I mean, it's not yeah. uh, not ideal. Yeah. <laughs> you got to bring out your commando show for that one. <laughs> that, um, wait, commando show like like you're still wearing clothes though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Go yeah, it's commando. no undies. Yeah. It's just no undies. <laughs> No, a, a commando show in magic terms means a show that packs flat and plays big. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. So many great episode titles already. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's always a challenge in that sort of thing. And, I mean, mm-hmm. it depends how big the, the audience is, too. Like, it can if, if it's a big room with a lot of people... Um, if you think of like arena type shows, like uh, sometimes these like college, um, I don't know if gymnasium's even the right word. It would be like, a, um, but they would like use it for basketball and such, but they'd also convert it for concerts yeah, and shows. Like an arena type of mm-hmm. Like an arena essentially, yeah. which, it, you know, it, it kind of is, it's in the same vein. I yeah. mean, it's kind of the same feeling. And if it's a big audience, you feel that sort of disconnect between mm-hmm. between you and them because there's a, it's just an odd setup. And I think musicians and comedians say the same thing. Yeah. it's. I mean, I've seen a bunch of arena shows and just like sometimes, I mean, that's just the production value. And we have friends who do all that production and tech stuff and, you know, the stacks of amps and the, the giant stage. I mean, it's just a different feel. Like you feel like you're in a rock star concert if you have that production value. But then it's right. also like sometimes you're just like on a stage and folding chairs and everyone's kind of seated and polite and <laughs> you know expect right. they don't know what to expect so it's like two two sides of a a coin but uh you, you still gotta was go there a stage yeah there was a stage so you still yeah. gotta get out there and deliver and uh the, the show went unbelievably well and uh i mean it's interesting the last couple college shows i don't know what doing differently but i like the autograph i do like autographs and fo- photographs after the show and the lines have just been like on and on and on and staying like you know half an hour to a 
45 minutes after the show before I even pack up to like just Well, talk. that makes people enjoy it. Yeah, keep, people are having fun. And sometimes those are great because during the show, you're like, are they enjoying it? Because like if the sound's getting sucked up or they're a little more subdued, it's nice to have that little line afterwards. <laughs> so people are like, yeah, we had fun. It's like, thank you for telling me now. <laughs> yeah, I'm fascinated by the different energies of audiences, particularly because I perform in the same theater often. Mm-hmm. It's so fascinating that like one show to the next, the energy of the audience can just feel totally different. Yeah, yeah. Could be the same, uh, same room, same theater, same exact size audience, and you just get a totally different um, vibe. I noticed something recently that um, you don't really bring kids up on stage ever. You don't. No, I've done some family shows that are for the full family, but a lot of my audiences are either corporate or you right. know, colleges, so it's at least a certain age level. Um, I have my right. fav- famous story we've told on the podcast where I did a- was booked to do a family show and brought a little kid, and the drawings for the blindfold was just scribbles. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I-, I bring up a kid in every single show mm-hmm. in Vegas for one bit. Yeah. Um, and I save it to the end. Uh, most of what I do really wouldn't play well if I used like children participants. It just doesn't work that way. Um, but children are always very eager to participate. And the parents of those children are very eager for like sure. me to pick their, um, you know, someone from their family. Uh, of course, everyone wants you to pick, you know, the kid. Do it for the kid. Right. You know? right. Um, so I do save one thing where I'm where it actually works really well to to pick a kid as you know and i have noticed a new thing happening that never used to happen before man um i so i'll just give you an example i brought up this girl i don't know how old maybe maybe nine years old i don't recall exactly and she's on stage and i see her like pointing to i'll try to paint a picture for you here I see her like pointing to her arm, to her elbow and like, but she's doing it with like a little bit of motion, like this up and down, like, like it's if she's scratching her arm. Okay. Okay. And like, I look at her sleeve immediately and like, there's a dragon on it. Like that's like part of her shirt. Sure. And I'm like, oh, is she pointing to the dragon? Mm -hmm. Then she starts like putting her other hand up to her nose and like doing this little like, um, like she's dusting off her nose, the tip of her nose with her thumb. Then there seems to be like other minor choreography, which is like a stretch, not really choreography, but like movements that start to look a little bit more planned. And then she repeated it again. This is a dance. I realize I said, first, I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's a dragon. I see it. What's happening? What? Because she (laughs) was. Oh, I should mention the moment I brought her on stage. She wouldn't speak. Oh, she was very nervous. I'm assuming. Yeah. So she immediately started going into these movements. And then I go, is this some kind of like TikTok thing that I haven't seen? Right. That's what I assumed. And the audience now lets me know, yes, it is. I've never seen this one before. And that's what happened. Now, here's the thing. Yes, you were correct to assume that. But the reason I got it quicker than I might have previously is this is not the first time this has happened. I've never (laughs) seen this dance. But there have been multiple occasions now where I've had kids come on stage where understandably they get nervous. I have adults mm-hmm. all the yeah. time nervous yeah. on stage right. all the time. I mean, it's very, and I, and I can sympathize with that um, immensely sure. because I understand it's un- uncomfortable. So I don't take it personally um, any of their, uh, so I'm not even going that way with it. 
But I've seen other kids come on stage and their immediate comfort blanket is to start TikTok dancing. I am concerned. Wow. That's so I am concerned. It's like a safety blanket to start doing a dance that they know because that's how they know to like perform in front of people, essentially. I don't know if it has anything to do with performing. I think, oh, I'm nervous. This is what I do. Wow. I don't think it means, I don't think they're even doing it for the people. I think they're extremely uncomfortable and they Mm -hmm. default to a TikTok. TikTok. They don't have their phone on them. They can't take it out and look at it. I was going to say, is anyone filming that? Like no one's like being like, we're going to grab this for a TikTok video because you're on stage getting to do a TikTok dance on Matt Franco's stage. No, this is completely, completely unplanned. And it's not even done like um, demonstratively. It's just like very subtle, just like a little, like almost like they're doing it to themselves, like a fidget. That's so interesting. I don't and know. And I've seen it many times now, and it's concerning. Like, is that a, like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. They just do it so often, so it's, like, almost in their bones yes. a bit. And then it's yes. just, like, that's how they expel that nervous energy is through something that they do all the time. It's, like, almost yeah, like, a, like a tick, or like a nervous tick, but it's a nervous uh, yes. TikTok. Yes, exactly. A nervous TikTok. <laughs> now, I'll clarify. This I, girl was absolutely I'm very adorable. Proud. I just came yeah, up with that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> she was absolutely adorable. The whole thing was wonderful. But I'm just, I, I know how addicting phones are for our adult brains. Yeah. And I'm just, I think yeah. this is like a weird thing to be seeing. Like, this is now kids, um, you know, and I've seen it, like I said, this is not at the first, I've seen it a bunch yeah. of times. Like, this is their go-to. It's like, whoa, is that? That's weird, right? Or am I just old? Like, that's yeah. No, I uh, that's concerning for sure. Like, I, I thought if, so. Like, if that's what technology is doing, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, all of this social media is in its like infancy or adolescence. Like, we don't know this long term effects of how it's really gonna play out towards uh, you know people's brains. You know, in the long run of always being interacting with each other, trying to get likes, doing things for the attention and the follows, and uh, and just also like being aware of what everyone else is doing all the time. And we, we talked about that like in our uh, mental health episode a long time ago. And it's like, you know, it's affect, affected me and like all this other stuff of just like that social media aspect. And I find it fascinating that we had this new technology and everyone's like so gung ho and getting on here and everyone's like doing that without question. Yet when we have like a life saving technology of a vaccine, it's like, we don't know the long term effects of this. <laughs> We're not going to take this. It's like, yeah, you jumped on the social media. You don't know how that's going to affect you mentally in the long term, but we're right. all gung ho about that. So I don't know if there's a parallel there or not. Well, but. it, it- it is crazy that the tech can really change our sort of innate sensibilities. Like, for example, when you bring up a dude on stage that's a little bit insecure and going to be um, usually if someone's um, challenging on stage, like if they're going to um, try to like be alpha, in other words, yeah. with you on stage, it's it, it stems from an insecurity of like they don't want to have the wool pulled over their eyes. They don't sure. want to look stupid. Right. And that's right. totally understandable because um, that's sort of uh an inherent trait of like, I don't want to say survival, but of like, it's, right. it's built into us that insecurity. It's like born with, right. But this is not something like we're born with. This is something we're very young and taking in yeah. this technology. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but now that, that sort of reaction is, 
it's normal. It, yeah, it's the nature versus nurture thing, and now people are being nurtured into this social media, you know, landscape. Nurtured by a computer. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, an algorithm. I was essentially raised by TV in some ways, so like that's where all my pop culture stuff comes from. Right. So I can't knock it too hard. I mean, obviously, my parents were so loving and everything; they raised me great too. But you know, me and my brother are always bonded over TV. But now that you have this, like, again, anything's at your fingertips with the internet, and it's still in its adolescence. You know, it's we don't. It's it, technology grows exponentially too. So the next thing's just going to come along, and we're going to be on board with that. It's exciting and cautionary at the same time which is why a show like black mirror came out you know to be like these are the downsides of some of this technology we're so reliant upon uh tech black mirror was a show matt where it was i've heard Netflix. of it <laughs> it's kind of like Twilight i've got a friend Zone. who watch it Any anytime i bring up a show now i'm just gonna like make sure you've heard of it <laughs> yeah definitely that's smart <laughs> uh but yeah that's crazy that i so are you expecting it now when you bring up a kid um or no not not necessarily but like if they freeze up i kind mm. of expect that to be one of the defaults i mean what are the what are the defaults a kid can do if they freeze up they could cry which i've had happen they could pee yeah. which i've had happen mm-hmm. <laughs> just gloss over that <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> um they could run away they could you know um Wait, or they could tiktok dance let's not gloss over it how'd you deal with the kid peeing what did you say oh i downplayed it because yeah. it wasn't really noticeable but okay, i knew okay oh, yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's the best so i didn't case. didn't call it oh, even if it is noticeable i don't think in that situation you can call it you can't call out the elephant in the room at you know point. it really depends on what what the situation is and if the kid mentions it or not like you know yeah. every situation is different yeah yeah you gotta gauge so. it I wonder, I mean, uh, the more I do colleges, maybe at some point I'll have someone who pees themselves. Yeah, I haven't if, had an adult yet that I know <laughs> of, but it's very possible in Vegas as well. Dep- yeah, depending how much the drinking <laughs> happens right. pre-gaming before the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, well, this is the strange uh, transition. Uh, did you watch AGT? <laughs> <laughs> I watched just the magic act, the yeah. uh, mentalism magic act where the X came down. Yeah, so Dustin Tavella uh, performed in the semifinals. He uh, talked about his uh, wife leaving little notes for him. And he, uh, to just recap what happened, if you didn't see it, he asked Simon to choose a color marker. I think he chose purple. He passed it over to Sophia, who picked a, a postcard of Venice, I believe. And then um, had Heidi draw uh, or write a word. What was the Curious. word? Curious. Curious on the on the postcard. And then Howie had to pick an envelope despite being colorblind. Uh, he <laughs> chose a green envelope. And then basically he said uh, he had Terry Crews rip off a receipt of the postcard, which is like a little corner uh, so that he can match it up later. And he burns the envelope with everything in it. But he says sometimes he finds these notes in the weirdest places. And Terry picks a judge. He chooses Heidi. And they lower the X from the production, which is the first time that's ever happened, right? Like yeah. actually using the set. <laughs> yeah, big fan of that. That, was, that cool. was really cool. Brought down the X. He There's like a little compartment behind the X that he lowered. And inside was the exact envelope with the postcard. And it matched up. And, uh, and then he had a note that said... Uh, Kind of like uh, in the term of magic, a confabulation prediction, basically, but framed in the way of his note that said, like, even if Simon doesn't pick the purple, even if, um, you know, Sophia doesn't pick Venice, even if 
Heidi doesn't write Curious, and even if Harry doesn't pick the green envelope, you still already won in our eyes. And it had that nice little sentimental touch that he adds to his um, his presentations of like motivation and empowerment and you know family. So I yeah. thought it was a very cool presentation, and uh, you know it, it had the feels for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think pr- predictions like that have kind of been done, but it had a nice like element of a transposition of an impossible location so it was kind of blurring that line between magic and mentalism i think uh yeah look the only thing that matters is that x came down that is the memorable iconic Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. that you know you really can't say things like that have been done because that is that sticks in your head that tableau of the x coming down that's the mental picture yeah it's all you need to remember Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah so congrats to Dustin. That was a great, uh, great piece. It really, it, and it worked. He got through to the mm-hmm. next round. Spoiler alert. Uh, so there you go. Go, he's going to the finals. So we'll see. Him when again. is the little kid on Shoji? Is he on next week? I don't know if he made it to the live rounds. Did is he, he not? It. I thought no. he was. Okay. No. I would have loved to see like. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, I don't know how old he is. Nine or ten or right. whatever. But I mean that. And I see can if only he does a TikTok dance. What he would do in the. <laughs> <laughs> you you read me perfect there because i was gonna say like i i know the pressure as an adult being up there for the live shows i was gonna say like i imagine that and i've seen kids on the live shows too but not really doing yeah. magic at that age yeah. Yeah. so yeah maybe he would just default to a tiktok dance although his tiktoks are probably not dances they're probably they're coin probably, tricks yeah so, so he'd probably default <laughs> to amazing sleight of hand that would be great <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's that years and years of, pra- you know, those hours of practice, the 10,000 yeah, hours. Yeah, hours of practice. <laughs> <laughs> and it just has to do it again, uh, you know, in front of a, an audience. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, did you, um, it's interesting because I know a couple people who consulted for Dustin's uh, piece. Um, I don't know if you knew this, that uh, uh, friends, I'll call them friends. I think you've met them as well. Uh, Brent? Brent Braun and Danny Garcia yeah, both uh, yep. worked on Dustin's piece. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was just thinking back to, you know, my run on the show and your run on the show where we didn't really, other than each other, right? we really didn't do any consult, have any consultants come which in. Which is fair to say, yeah, which is fair to say you didn't have any help at all. You didn't have any consultants. Yeah. Yes, I was there. Well, like, I run, you bounce things up, but I'm yeah. not a consultant, you know. I, yeah. It, we, we we bounce things off of each other the same way we always had. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? This is I mean, you talking about Brent and Danny, these are the big dogs yeah. that that consult for all the magic T V mm-hmm. shows that right. exist. Like Dan- right? Danny's mean- <laughs> done David Blaine and so Everything. many others and like he's consulted for them. Brent is a go to for Fool Us, you know, so mm-hmm. many people hire him. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They they would both be fascinating to on the podcast but i'm not going to bring yeah, it up for because sure. we never bring anyone we bring up on the podcast. we just say that we're going to <laughs> but then we never do it but uh <laughs> I, it, yeah i was just thinking like back in the day like it was just me and you bouncing ideas off each other and it was mostly like we'd come up with our own ideas and be like does it sound good it was like yeah you could do, that sounds good <laughs> like yeah or that doesn't sound yeah, good. yeah or yeah that's good but i don't really like this or whatever but i mean it really didn't feel like you know mm-hmm. it's different than having a team of consultants come we're, in however were we dumb but, not to like be like this is a huge tv opportunity <laughs> i should probably get some consultants <laughs> to help out <laughs> Um, I mean, it worked out okay in your case. Let's say. It did. It <laughs> I did. mean, for both of us, it did. Let's be honest. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, I'm okay with not having had a mm-hmm. whole lot of outside influence. Yeah. I'm and, okay with it. And I think you were I think you yeah. were perfectly okay with it too. I mean, your spots all looked fantastic. Yeah, and that, that's not to say like I didn't reach out to some people just to get their I, tips for certain things. I remember. No, but that's you know, yeah, asking. that's not what we mean here. And right. and uh in and they had their own production team that kind of consulted on what they thought obviously that were part of the show that helped out being like this is how you can make it bigger so we did have some help but it wasn't like hiring an outside party to come in Mm -hmm. and like really you know like it's almost like hiring a writer's room you know and Mm -hmm. like coming Mm -hmm. up with that and a lot of a lot of magic and mentalism can be solo oriented and you're just in your head trying to come up with things and you bounce ideas off of friends but like when you get to that top level sometimes you hire consultants for why didn't you well, give, me, give me give give me me a, a couple concise reasons as to why you didn't hire a consultant mostly, or consider it. Mostly because I didn't know if I'd even get past the first round. So it's just like, I know. No, but once you were in the live shows. Once you were in the live shows, I had a clear idea of what I wanted to do. It was just about okay. figuring out how to do it, I think, at right. that point. So, you know, yeah. I just needed to solve that one problem and reached out to a couple of people what they thought. But it wasn't like I'm going to hire someone to come mm-hmm. in and create a routine or work with me to create a routine or something like that because i already had the bulk of it done i think i had two reasons one was just like naive being naive of like i don't think i need one i've been doing magic long enough i should be able to figure this out Mm -hmm. and presentation wise that was somewhat true but like in terms of methods i found out like after meeting like johnny thompson for example like oh the tools in his toolkit would have been very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> and you did hire consultants for the Vegas show. I mean, Johnny came yeah. in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you did use consultants later. I oh, can't. now I know yeah. how much information is out there and how mm-hmm. little I still mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I mean, even after doing magic this long, I'm I'm studying every day. My, my disease is flaring up. I mean, I'm just sitting <laughs> at the card go. table all day working on stuff. But um, the other reason, too, was just lack of contacts. I didn't have... Right. You know, I didn't know mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I would even reach out to, to be Absolutely. totally frank. Yeah. So, no, it's, it, it kind of reminds me of like what Adam Sandler used to say about his time on SNL looking back. He's like, I don't know how I did that, that pressure cooker situation. He's like, if I were to do it now, he's like, I don't know if I could do it where he is, you know, <laughs> just because like, you know, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of energy and a lot of effort. And I feel like that to a sense is how I feel looking back at my AGT experience is just like that naivete of what I was even getting into and not really understanding the full power and pressure of that show. And just was like, all right, I'm going to do it see what happens. And like could have, could have probably like, you know, like, all right, how do I really tackle this with, you know, hiring consultants to come in and really make it even greater but again not having the resources or knowledge or even knowing you kind of kind of miss that dumb naivete sometimes that gives you that confidence <laughs> to just do things and not worry about the outcome so rest assured we still have it we just don't realize it and yeah, 10 yeah years yeah. from now 20 years from now we'll look back and go wow i was actually still naive yeah like starting a <laughs> podcast not knowing what we're doing <laughs> 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 hey Matt, I think we should jump over to Diddle Me This. <laughs> diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! This is a short one, and I feel confident for you. What rock group has four men that don't sing? 
What Fraggle rock, rock. What rock group has four men that don't sing? Fraggle Rock? Down at Fraggle Rock? They all sing, I guess. Yeah. Huh? I, I don't know if my snaps picked up on the microphone. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. We'll add them in post. No, we won't. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I love Fraggles. That is, they definitely sing. <laughs> they do sing, yeah. Which rock group has four men that yeah. don't sing? Yes. Four men that don't sing. A rock group that has four men that don't sing. I'm going to say this has got to be a rock group that has four men, but maybe a female lead singer. Maybe mm. like a uh, Fleetwood Mac. Hmm. Oh, wait, this is a riddle, not trivia. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. You read my mind. You're like, oh, what, what knowledge can I pull from? Can I get some credit for the deductive reasoning on that? I don't know how many men are in Fleetwood Mac, but I mean, that was a good guess. Uh, I just know Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> who's that? The guitarist, I believe. In, in Fleetwood Mac? Yeah, I think so. Is Lindsey a man or a woman? I don't know. <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's a unisex name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, I'm fact checking that because now you have me doubting everything I know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been like big into Fleetwood Mac. All right, let me let me keep thinking here. Lead guitarist um, Fleetwood Mac. I nailed that. And a job. recurring character by Bill Hader on the SNL sketch, but you wouldn't know that. Go on. I do know who Bill Hader is. That's good. That's a good start. All right. Now, so what rock group? Yeah. <laughs> has four men that don't sing. Rock group. Rock group. Ah. Uh, Do you have it? Do you think you have it? Dwayne Johnson's family. <laughs> I believe he's the only one that's the rock. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the whole family. What are you talking about? The rock family. I think. I'm pretty sure he's the only one with the nickname The Rock, though. Like, but it's still his family. The, like the Johnson family. <laughs> oh, man. All I don't right. think I... his kid is like Kid The Rock Johnson or whatever their name is. We don't know that. We don't know that without a Google. Don't right. act like you know. We'll get him on the podcast. To sort of... <laughs> <laughs> That's an easier get. <laughs> Dwayne, if you're listening. Um <laughs> I by the way, I was just listening to something where someone calls him the Rock the uh, Rock the Dwayne Johnson. I think that was hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> um what rock group? Crystals? Crystals. Crystals or rock? Generic crystals. <laughs> uh this rock group has four men that don't sing. A rock group. Mm-hmm. Four men that don't sing. Yes. I thought you were gonna get this one right away. It's interesting I'm, that this is stumping. I in. can't get away from the like, like the the steering me towards music, but I feel like that's a throw off. That's yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, you, you've you've got the word play down, so you right. now just have to put it together of that other meaning and where that could be for men. Oh, it's got to be the uh, Mount Rushmore. That is it. (laughs) (laughs) Mount Rushmore, it's made of... Maybe those presidents sing. At some point, they just don't sing in rock form, obviously, on the mountain, which, you know, it's got its own little history stuff. Didn't we pitch an idea for your special using Mount Rushmore? Yeah. Yeah, and then we called Franz Ferrari, too. Yeah. And And he he advised against doing a a stunt (laughs) as such, just because... There's people a lot of permits. And no, he r- said people don't care about those stunts anymore. 
There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of calling uh, consultants. Weren't we going to... I mean, maybe this is out of school, so if anyone wants to do this idea, I guess since I'm saying it out loud, it's no longer in your writer's room and it's free. We were going to make one of the like mountain figures, like the rock figures, wink. Oh, I mean, I'm, we talked about a million things, yeah. and I'm sure that's one that of them. Was, that was one that came up. So if you want to do a magic trick where the <laughs> ending was to make... George Washington wink in rock form. That didn't make the special for a reason, I think. <laughs> and just know that Franz Ferrari advises against it. <laughs> All right, let's jump over to the trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, pressure, pressure. Trivia, pressure, trivia by the way, That's... we we haven't plugged your special much. Is there a way to see your Matt Franco's got Matt? Is that what it's called? I think just in clips. Yeah, in clips online. Yeah, I don't know if they're all. I don't know if it's really there in its entirety, but most of the clips are online or discoverable in some way. And I'm sure you can probably find the full length thing. But like Matt Franco's some... got magic. It's on your IMDb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes from like um. Like. For copyright issues, like when people rip things and put them online, like yeah. they either flip the video or like change the voice to a higher key so it doesn't get picked up. Or you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like you might have to watch it in some kind of bougie manner, but it it exists. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, trivia time, by the way. Mark sang that song with such passion. By the way, I could really feel it in my headphones today. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> All right, dump floater. Oh no! And wipe I are like- all used <laughs> in which team sport? Uh, <laughs> well, it's funny that they all have this other meaning. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking together. about. <laughs> Dump, floater, and wipe. I have no idea. It's not a sport I watch. I think it's not. Okay. It's going to be an obscure sport. Um. Hmm. Let's see. So it's, I'm not thinking like any of the main like football, baseball, basketball. Are there options? Sure. All right, give me options. A. Baseball. Okay. B. Basketball. Oh no, these are all the main ones. <laughs> C. Volleyball. Oh. Okay. D. Cricket. Mm. E. Oh, there's E. <laughs> lacrosse. Oh. Huh. Okay, so dump is like getting rid of the ball, I'm thinking. Um, so I don't think that's really like volleyball set spike, that kind of stuff. Um so I'm, it was what was D again? It was cricket? cricket. Cricket's like I know they use the wickets and the bat and they run back. It's very much like baseball. I feel like they would use similar things. So it's dump, floater, and wipe. Wipe. <laughs> My instinct just goes to lacrosse. I feel like that is. Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I threw that wrong. in there at the end because I was thinking it could really. That's a good. It, that's yeah, a good throw. It's a off. good red herring. Um, yeah. Is but it's it, volleyball. It is volleyball. No yeah, way. Yeah, volleyball. Yeah. 
I didn't watch enough uh, Olympic volleyball. I I've, guess. To, for, uh, yeah, first of all, I've I've never. I mean, I've played volleyball just casually. I've never heard any of those terms. I uh, would say I was correct. It wasn't one of the major four that you I were played. definitely correct on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. That today. was tough. All right, man. Uh, we've also got a segment from our mailbag, so let's get into that. The mailbag. I've got mail. So um, we got a message from Caden, and uh, I actually answered this already, and I'll read what I answered as well, but I want to give you some time to see if you want to add on to this. So Caden has been doing magic for eight years uh, and uh, wanted to know if they had any tips for becoming a magician in 2021. He wants to be a professional magician for his job. Wanted to know if we have any tips uh, to be- become a performing magician, like how to get from street magic to stage. Uh, so think about that. So um, I, this is what I said and see what you agree with or want to add to, but I'll just read it out here. I said, uh, put yourself out there. People can't book you unless they know you're bookable. Uh, use the contacts in your network and let them know you're available for shows. Say yes to every opportunity. Every show will make you a better performer. It's all about stage time at this point. And you may have to fake it till you make it at this point, but just go find and, or create opportunities for you to be on stage. The audience and stage time is the best teacher. Uh, that's what I added to it because it sounded like he had experience performing magic for eight years, but just hadn't made that leap into getting the stage time he needs and um also like just going out and making yourself available for bookings amazing advice um and i don't mean this as a dig but it's like generic advice like i would have never been able to come up with that like immediately when i see um caden's message i immediately now have questions do we know how old caden is um he looks uh looks on the uh, like t- t- uh it says like uh on his on his profile where he messaged me through our our socials which you can mm-hmm. as well at mind magic pod mm-hmm. um so he looks like he's in high school uh um, okay yeah gotcha cuz i didn't know if he was like 15 or 25 you know yeah. doing magic 8 years it's it's ambiguous right so yeah no i think the advice you gave was fantastic um i'm curious what he means again i have more questions than mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it's so hard to give like useful specific advice when I don't know the person uh, asking for it. So that's why I'm impressed by like what a generic, amazing response you gave. <laughs> oh, thanks. Because it was really solid. Well, but I generic. was. I was also like, that's what I asked originally. It was just like any tips, and I wanted to know a little bit about his background. So he said he was doing eight years of magic. Oh, you did ask. Yeah. Oh, so, cool. Okay, so, so you had the same instinct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, that's why he added that yeah, he's been doing magic for eight years and wants to be a professional magician and it seems like he's mostly been doing street magic kind of like close up for friends and family kind of like we do you know when you're at that hobbyist stage and you're learning magic and you want to just like show everyone you know but then you haven't really been booked to do your first show per se or maybe right. you maybe you're brought in like i remember my first show was just a friend who booked me <laughs> it was a family friend and they booked me for like their daughter's birthday party and this mm-hmm. was like when I was in, you know, early, late middle school, early high school around that mm-hmm. time. And it was just like I had to figure out a set list and do it. And like they just gave me like, you know, what was it, 50 bucks or something? Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. I don't know, cash yeah. money at the time. And then it's like, yeah. all right, I had one show under my belt. 
And then when mm-hmm. I wanted to do like colleges, I was like, all right, I need experience in college. Oh, I, I didn't go straight from that $50 show to colleges, by the way. <laughs> there was many right. years in between. <laughs> but right. uh, I was performing a lot, doing a lot of things around, you know, my college campus at the time. But then I wanted to perform for colleges. So I reached out to colleges knowing I needed the experience because experience and credits build more work. So I was offering my show for free and then like a little bit more and then kept raising my fee as I went because I was like in exchange for getting a testimonial or a or footage of me in that market, that was more valuable than getting paid at mm-hmm. that time. So I was able mm-hmm. to sacrifice the price and then quickly I could raise my price to where it matched my level and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is like when he says he does street magic, is he busking or no? Or we don't know. I'd assume not. I don't think he's building a crowd and like doing the whole show and passing the hat. I assume okay, street so magic. So close up like, magic is really the right term here, right? Unless he's it, filming street magic, like yeah, literally. like a, like a David Blaine version of street <laughs> right, magic. Right, right, right. What I'm guessing, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, well, I think you, it's so funny. In my mind immediately, instead of like, it just goes to more questions. Like, mm-hmm. do you want to perform close up? Do you want to do strolling? Do you want to do stage? Like, what is the goal? I guess, but. I think the key is you have to just start standing up in front of people and performing. So if you're doing, if you want to do restaurants, you know, offer your services to a restaurant where you mm-hmm. can do walk around. And then here's an interesting tip that I got from Jeff McBride when starting out was because like for, for people who wanted to get more comfortable doing stand up for bigger groups as opposed to just a couple of people here and there, quote unquote street magic, yeah, would be like, do your restaurant gig perform for the table and say, hey, by the way, in about 15 minutes, I'm going to be doing something over there in the corner, just a, a, a little thing I'm going to try. And you tell that to five or six tables and you get them to come over to an area of the restaurant where you can actually stand up on a chair or whatever. So you're um, creating your own little like platform parlor yeah. or stage set. Yeah. And you just do one thing. Mm-hmm. You do three minutes, you do five, maybe, maybe two minutes, five minutes, something, of course, you know, you let the manager or whatever know that you're going to be doing this and get it signed off on. But like, wow, what a great way to get like a few small groups of people that already are on your side and enjoyed your set. If it goes really well, you invite them to say, Hey, we're going to be doing this thing in just a few minutes, blah, blah, blah. And now you, you practice your invisible deck or whatever it is but in a stage environment as opposed to for one person one-on-one and those little things help you take take material you're extremely comfortable with that plays small and and do it and allow it to play bigger just by your your body language just by your posture just by maybe you are jumping on top of a chair maybe you're you know using your arms and energy differently in a way that makes it play bigger um and if you use things that you're already comfortable with, I think it helps take that leap. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. That's really a good way to transition from that close-up style into that stage style. And and it's baby steps at the time. But sometimes I think you have to just take that plunge and you got to be like, oh, if stage is what you really want to do, I got to put together a stage show and then just hope for the best and like just do it, you know, uh, because... There's no greater teacher than like trial by fire sometimes, I think. Yeah, it's funny. I've always been more comfortable. I think this is like backwards for most people, but like I've always been more comfortable on stage than in close-up scenarios Same. in the past Same. growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is rare. It's always, the question is always phrased this way. How do I go from close-up to stage? I feel like. Um, and for, so for me, if I was doing strolling magic, 
And then a group formed. And instead of five people, now it was 12 people. I would immediately start backing off and, and, and presenting things in a way that allowed more people to gather and allowed it to turn more into a stage performance without a stage. Um, that immediately becomes more comfortable for me. Uh, I don't know why, but I, again, that's kind of just another version of the restaurant thing, right? Like kind of like busking, like the, the, the bigger crowd you gather, you have to change the way you're presenting the material, but you can get stage experience and close up environments simply by changing the way that you're presenting the material. If you have a large enough group. Absolutely, man. That's great. That's really great. So uh, hopefully that's helpful to you, Caden, uh, and uh, and good luck uh, with the uh, with the the goal. Hopefully you get out there, do some shows, and uh, start performing. There's always Thanks room for, for uh, great magicians, right? There's always room. Yeah, always room for great magicians. Thank you, Caden, for for writing into us. I, I I'm curious to know what type of magic you're doing. I know you said street magic, but I'd love to know are you are you into coins? Are you into cards? Do you do a general practitioner mentalism? I'd love to know more of what you're into. So if you're, you're hearing this now, mm-hmm. um, throw, throw me some more information. And uh, I'm just, just curious to get to, know, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, and maybe what like your favorite go-to, like what you feel like your strongest effect is too. That's yeah, or fun. even just yeah. go-to effects that you do. Like if you yeah. do Invisible Deck, tell me. If you do, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Whatever, Coins Whatever across. it is, tell yeah. us. Yeah, yeah tell yeah. us about it. Love to hear about it. That'd be great. Well, let's uh, jump into our goals, Matt. Uh, Your goal last week was to get a trivia book. I, I, you know, I haven't, <laughs> I just don't know what one I want yet, which okay. one I want yet. So I'm, I'm really going to hone in on the right one this week. It's okay. I didn't do my goal either. Uh, <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted to, um, to write more uh, and schedule. So I like the previous week I had one day of writing. Uh, this week was a mess for me, just all over with a lot of things from the personal day to last night with the craziness. So, but I did, uh, I realized my stumbling block was like figuring out my notebook and how to use it. So I reread a chapter from a book that's been on my shelf about how to use your notebooks. Uh, and I recommend the book uh, because it's actually written by a comedy magician, friend of mine. But it's a writing book because he teaches at Emerson College. I think you know who this is. Uh, the book is The Ever- Everything Guide to Comedy Writing uh, by Mike Bent. And Mike Bent teaches comedy at Emerson College. And he wrote a book. And it's pretty good. Uh, intro to comedy and how to how to approach things. So I, I reread his chapter on like managing and uh, like keeping up with your with your comedy notebook. So I love the book. Yeah, I haven't read all of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've I'm I've got a bookmark in it because I've made it about halfway through, and it's got some really fun exercises. And I love that book actually; it's yeah. really good. Especially if you're stuck or like finding that little rut, like even just like his exercises of like he's got one where you write down everything you encounter in a day, mm-hmm. uh, which is just like a process, and then you can kind of judge how you feel about that and kind of find a comedic angle towards things that bother you or bug you. Uh, I think that's based off of like a John Waters uh, like uh, memoir. And then he just uh, also just like making lists and like trying to find connections through lists. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's what my brain's kind of doing all, all the time in terms of improv and comedy thinking and mm-hmm. and, and putting things together. So uh, definitely recommend the book. I'm going to, you know, read through that, maybe some other chapters, too, and then actually sit down. The goal 
especially with these flights coming up, I think I'm going to try and like use the, my time on the plane to like sit and write instead of just sleep all the time. Like I tend to mm-hmm, do, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so that'll be uh, I'll just continue our goals from last week and ongoing goals for, <laughs> for next week. And uh, we'll get there. We'll get there for sure. Another, another fantastic, fantastic episode. Thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah. Uh, we got, plugs man you want to do your More, plug? i was just i was oh. just going into it oh, okay, I, was go- I wasn't gonna forget about the plugs. i was reading I was... reading your mind <laughs> <laughs> more information about eric and what he does at eric uh mm-hmm. my shows you can get tickets at mattfranco.com or ticketmaster.com uh only going to be in vegas for another week until a short break and then of course we'll be oh. back um yeah we have a little bit of a uh a one week off uh break coming up right after labor day So catch us for just a few more shows before that. And then, of course, we'll be back with tickets available through the rest of the year. And you can get those now. That's awesome, man. And uh, I'm going to be opening another venue for the Rose Room. The Rose Room is now moving to uh, many more nights a week. They found uh, they're going to be at the Triad Theater now. And uh, the big opening for that is next week on um, September 7th. So you can get tickets if you are in New York at theroseroomnyc.com to see me. And I'll be rotating through that cast at some point. And then I'm going to be off. uh, Actually, we're going to have a bank episode next week because during our normal recording schedule, I'm going to be flying to Alabama and then back to New York and then to Oregon for more shows. And uh, yeah, lots of stuff coming up uh for there so uh keep uh keep up to date on my socials ericdiddleman.com and uh yeah this was fun matt i think this is good i was loopy i had a crazy night but uh <laughs> i'm very impressed with your energy today as soon as as soon as we hit record you were ready to rock so thanks man well yeah, uh, no, thank you let's uh let's uh record our another one for next week and <laughs> <laughs> sounds good we'll, we'll talk, talk to you in you one all. minute yeah well <laughs> thank, thank you so much for listening please uh if you want to write to us uh mind over magic podcast at gmail.com and hit us up on the socials at mind magic pod uh but we'll uh talk to you soon thanks so much